they understand that this is something that would protect a right to an abortion. At the end of the day, when you read that language, that is what the, that's the understanding that you come away with. The general public is a little bit agitated about our election process. They're not sure whether the election process really is working well. Sir, I am not involved in the governor's decision making, but I do execute uh, those decisions once made. From the fourth floor of the Capitol Rotunda, you're listening to WFSU Public Media's Capitol Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan. Funding for Capitol Report is provided by the following. The Florida AFL-CIO, representing over one million union members, retirees, and their families, committed to building a better future for all Floridians by promoting healthy communities, economic justice, and dignity in the workplace. Online at flaflcio.org. And from a grant from the law firm of Searcy, Denny, Scarola, Barnhart, and Shipley, supporting public radio and taking time to care, on the web at searcylaw.com. This is Capitol Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan. Among today's Capitol action, the Florida Supreme Court is now weighing ballot language for a proposed amendment to protect abortion access. The oral argument was the final hurdle before the issue can go to voters in November. And we get more on the story from Regan McCarthy. Opponents say the amendment's language is too broad. That's a concern Riverview Republican Representative Mike Beltran echoed following the arguments as advocates rallied outside the state Supreme Court. If you see any nuance to abortion whatsoever, you should vote against this amendment and then address your concerns about abortion to the, your, your state, um, state legislators. Beltran says he does not support abortion access except in specific cases to protect the life of the pregnant person. For him, abortion is not a nuanced issue. But he says for many people, it is. And he doesn't think the proposed amendment leaves enough room for those nuances to be considered. House Minority Leader Fentress Driscoll, who also attended the oral arguments, says whether the amendment is too broad or just broad enough is a question for the voters. I think what is really clear for the people um, is that they understand that this is something that would protect a right to an abortion. At the end of the day, when you read that language, that is what the, that's the understanding that you come away with, and that is what passes legal muster here, is to make sure that a voter would understand what this would do. During a ballot language review, justices aren't asked to evaluate amendments based on their merits. Instead, they're charged with checking to ensure the language voters will see in the ballot box is not misleading, and that the proposal does not involve more than a single subject. The ballot language for the proposal reads in part, quote, No law shall prohibit, penalize, delay, or restrict abortion before viability or when necessary to protect the patient's health as determined by the patient's health care provider. I'm Regan McCarthy. Two Florida Democrats are launching a long-shot effort to convince the Republican-led legislature to put into state law a guaranteed right to access contraception. As Richard Brown reports, the move comes amid increasing restrictions on abortions in Republican-led states. State Representative Gallup Franklin says current contraception rights are vague and that there is no clear definition of a right to contraception in state laws. He wants to change that. Guaranteeing the right to contraception is a people issue. It's not a partisan one. Franklin's proposal would classify contraception as a fundamental right. 
It comes at a time when Democratic Senator Rosalind Osgood says abortion access and by extension contraceptive rights are being attacked. We have children, they don't come with a book or a guideline, but this gives us a better understanding of the totality of being a parent. While the bill creates an explicit right to access contraceptives that have been approved by the federal government, it also states that businesses that provide health insurance still don't have to cover those medications. In other words, just because you use them doesn't mean your insurance has to pay for them. That's the result of a 2014 U.S. Supreme Court decision that found religious and private companies that provide health insurance to their employees don't have to abide by the Affordable Care Act's contraception mandate if it clashes with their religious beliefs. The case was Burrell versus Hobby Lobby Stores Incorporated. The move to secure a contraceptive right in Florida is also coming as lawmakers in other states, like Tennessee and Arkansas, have tried and failed to include contraception in abortion restriction laws. Franklin says the right to contraception is supported not just by Democrats, but Republicans and independents as well. Most folks believe that access to contraceptive is key and essential. That's backed up by numerous polls taken since 2022 that show overwhelming support for contraceptive coverage. I'm Richard Brown. A new proposal could make it a crime to harass poll workers. Tristan Wood has more. Boynton Beach Democratic Representative Joe Casello says election officials have had difficulty retaining poll workers because those employees have been subject to name-calling, threats, and harassment while working during recent elections. Other incidents include a polling place worker were followed to the, from their cars being told things such as, I know where you live, and having a license plate photograph. Casello's bill would make it a third-degree felony to intimidate, harass, or threaten a poll worker. The proposal is supported by a host of election officials. During public comment, dozens of people submitted appearance cards opposing the measure, but none actually spoke. West Palm Beach Republican Representative Rick Roth thinks that opposition is due to concerns about how the state does elections. The general public is a little bit agitated about our election process. They're not sure whether the election process really is working well, and they hear all kinds of stories in Arizona and da-da-da-da-da. So this is important. Florida Republicans have passed several election-focused bills since former President Donald Trump falsely claimed the last presidential election was stolen. No verified complaints have been levied against Florida's election system in recent years. Roth says that although people may have election concerns, those concerns should be dealt with civilly and go through proper official channels. And people need to come into, uh, uh, when they're a poll watcher or an observer, when they come into the place of business where the supervisor is counting ballots and doing all the processes, they have to do it with respect. Both the House and Senate versions of the bill have received bipartisan support so far. I'm Tristan Wood. A Florida Senate committee is advancing the governor's nomination to hire Mark Thiem as the next director of the Florida State Guard. The retired U.S. military veteran is now the official head of Florida's new and improved civilian militia. The approval comes just days after Governor Ron DeSantis announced he was sending the group out of state for a special border mission. Adrian Andrews has more. As hundreds of volunteers from the Florida State Guard prepare to leave for the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas, a military and veterans affairs panel met on Monday for a little housekeeping. 
The first item on the Senate committee's agenda was to evaluate Mark Thiem, who Governor Ron DeSantis appointed last year to run the state guard, after the program's former director died and another quit for personal reasons. Thiem, who is a retired colonel in the United States Marine Corps, told the panel he brings with him 35 years of leadership and honorable military service. A number of experiences uh, along the way have given me some unique insights uh, that uniquely qualify, uh, qualify me to lead and direct this agency. Uh, I would note that my lieutenant colonel command was to build from scratch uh, a civil military organization very much like the Florida State Guard. Orange County Democratic Senator Victor Torres immediately grilled the newly appointed director with questions about the Texas deployment. He questioned Theme over whether the director had anything to do with Governor DeSantis's decision. Theme said no. I am not involved in the governor's decision making, but I do execute uh, those decisions once made. We, ha we are currently the Florida State Guard. We are under an emergency activation authority. The Senate committee did ultimately advance Thiem's nomination, but the divide between Democrats and Republicans over whether the State Guard should be used outside of Florida continues. Torres says he's concerned about the legality of the move, considering that the State Guard was formed to respond to man-made and natural disasters in Florida. You know, I don't want men and women to go over to another state and be caught in something uh, that could be dangerous for them or dangerous, you know, involved in some kind of shooting or something. That's what my fear is. Meanwhile, the state Senate is advancing a measure that would have allowed out-of-state deployments for the Guard. The bill also would have given state guardsmen legal coverage in the event someone was involved in a criminal act. That measure has since been amended to only allow the state and federal government power to process level two background checks for new recruits entering the state guard. The changes were made after DeSantis' deployment announcement and on the same day the Senate committee advanced themes appointment. I'm Adrian Andrews. Our regular Capitol Report correspondents are Adrian Andrews, Gina Jordan, Lynn Hatter, Regan McCarthy, Margie Menzel, and Tristan Wood. Shows are available Monday through Thursday by 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, wherever you get your podcasts. On many of these Florida public radio stations, you can tune in each Friday to catch the latest on all things happening at the Capitol, and that show's also available in podcast form. Technical assistance comes from Taylor Cox, and I'm Tom Flanagan. This is Capitol Report, the podcast from WFSU Public Media. Funding for Capital Report is provided by the following. A grant from the law firm of Searcy, Denny, Scarola, Barnhart, and Shipley. Supporting public radio and taking time to care. On the web at searcylaw.com. And from the Florida AFL-CIO, representing over one million union members, retirees, and their families, committed to building a better future for all Floridians by promoting healthy communities, economic justice, and dignity in the workplace online at flaflcio.org. Capital Report is a production of WFSU Public Media in Tallahassee.